Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hey, everybody, this is Joe Lynch, and this is the Logistics of Logistics podcast. And today I'm joined by Blythe Brumleaf. How are you, Blythe? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And our topic today, and we've got a real expert, our topic today is the future of inbound lead generation with Blythe Brumleaf. So, Blythe, before we get into the topic, please introduce yourself and your company, where you're at. Sure. I am based in Jacksonville, Florida, and I am the owner of a company called Digital Dispatch, and we help companies with their web and marketing problems. Yep. And I ran across Blythe on LinkedIn, and I, and I looked at her. She's got an interesting background, and I thought I noticed she's very good at video and audio stuff. And I was like, I'm always trying to get a little better at that. I think those of you who listen to this podcast know why. So I was very interested in having her on my podcast because I think she's one of those people who really kind of has a feel for the future of where we're going in when it comes to sales and inbound lead generation. So where'd you grow up, Blythe? And tell us a little bit about your background prior to founding Digital Dispatch. Sure. So I'm born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. And for the majority of my life, I've been a diehard sports and entertainment fan. And about 10 years ago, I started working at a 3PL here in Jacksonville. And I started off as the executive assistant to the CEO, the COO, and the CFO. And at the time, they didn't have really any kind of marketing plan or anything like that. And when my boss found out that I was blogging and creating a a sports entertainment website on the side, he said, well, you need to start doing that for us. And so he started sending me to different conferences. And around that time, social media was fairly new. I think Twitter had just launched that year. So YouTube was in its infancy too, and and Facebook as well. So I started really diving into the B2B world of marketing and started applying, you know, sort of everything that I learned in the sports and entertainment blogging world to the logistics space, the logistics and trucking space. Unfortunately, that business closed down after a handful of years. And so I was sort of left with a situation of what do I do next career wise and push came to shove. And I ended up landing a gig here at a local magazine company, ended up becoming their editor in chief. And then that evolved into a local radio gig, which also evolved into some TV broadcasting as well at the local level. And it was just one of those things where, you know, but blogging took me from one place into a completely different space. And then I wanted to get my feet wet back again into the world of logistics and trucking because that was really where one of my biggest passions were at. So about three years ago, I founded my parent company, Brumley Brands. And I felt like it was with that company in particular, it was a little too broad. So I really wanted to create a niche space for the logistics and trucking audience. And so that's where Digital Dispatch was born. And it was born just about a year ago this month. And it's been a whirlwind ever since. It's really nice to have sort of that dedicated audience and that dedicated space to share everything that I've learned over the past decade. Yeah, you know, you mentioned a lot. You've been there, done that, got the hat for sure. (laughs) 
And what's interesting is, you know, for me, and I'm in my 50s, when LinkedIn came in, I think I was an early adopter LinkedIn. I think I was there and I, before any of my friends or family, because I remember they kept thinking, you're supposed to connect with people you know. I don't know any of these people. So, <laughs> but I remember when my executive coach my and my friend Ann Holm and also my brother-in-law, Matt, said, you should start a blog. And I started a blog, I think like 2000. 2010 right time frame and it is the logistics of logistics i started as a blog and i remember the first time they said you know now you have a blog now you have to write something in it because i had the website and the whole thing and it was kind of shocking that i could self-publish I, I it didn't make sense to me being if somebody who's in their 50s now that goes back i was in my late 40s and it just seemed like oh geez oh pete this is crazy somebody's gonna object to this this can't be right you just can't <laughs> let anybody create content. Right. And, and then the idea that I could have this podcast was kind of the same thing, but I guess I'd been down that road before. I'd done a lot of webinars. I'd done a lot of this. And people in your age group, you kind of grew up saying, of course I can. Like, everybody self-publishes. Everybody's, you know, and then they'd be a little facetious here, but everybody's a star on the internet, right? <laughs> and well, that's funny you it's, say that because it actually, it really has. And, and I remember when I first started in, in, in sort of the blogging game and when I first got, you know, a tryouts, I guess you could say, with different radio shows here in town, that I was almost looked at as an outsider because everybody that I was working with went to journalism school, went to broadcasting school. And here I was just, you know, a, I don't want to say like a trailblazer, but really it, it kind of was at the local level that who is this blogger coming in and thinking that she can co-host a radio show. And I think it's sort of that natural evolution of being in the content game, especially from, from what I've learned from an outsider looking in that a lot of people on TV, a lot of podcasters and radio broadcasters, they start out writing and they make that natural evolution from writing into radio and then into TV if they're really lucky. Yeah. And you've done a great job. And me, I don't think I'll be making that move to video just yet because I have a face for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would be surprised. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, maybe I'll get, yeah, if we can uh, get Photoshop to evolve a little bit, perhaps I could do that. So, oh, that um, <laughs> so yeah, so you've got this great background, both in trucking and 3PLs and and that's why you founded the Digital Dispatch. But you also have this really great background in radio and TV. And I think we've talked a lot about this offline is we're seeing sales organizations, marketing organizations really start to adopt some of the things that you've been doing for a long time, which is audio and video. And I, I had Adam Robinson on here from Cerasis and they have a podcast and they're now doing video. And Adam and I talked for years about blogging, articles, articles, articles. That's all we did, right? And and now I think it's really evolving to this next level, which is, I don't want to write an article. I want to do a podcast. And and I think this is an interesting place. This, this transitions us to the discussion of the future of inbound lead generation. So Blythe, tell us a little bit about inbound lead generation versus inbound versus outbound. Inbound is really the key differential with inbound is that you're creating content with your audience in mind first. A lot of what you see out on the internet, or I would say not on the internet, but in this industry in general is almost very self-promotional. It's press releases and things like that. You know, look at us, look at what we're doing. And that's fine, but people aren't necessarily searching for that. What they're going to 
to Google and what they're going to YouTube is they're searching for a solution to their problem. And a lot of that content doesn't do that. And it doesn't solve the problem that the customer or your potential customer is looking for. So inbound is really about creating those answers to those problems that your customers or potential customers are actually facing and then mixing in your expertise and mixing in why you're a good fit because there's different buying stages for a potential buyer and they you know that they go through the awareness stage they go through the consideration stage and with a lot of companies they're doing their research before they ever pick up the phone and call you before they ever reach out and email you so inbound is really trying to introduce yourself and establish that trust with your customer or your potential customer and that you can be the solution to their problem when they're ready to buy. Yep. I think, I think you, you touched on something there. People are looking online. You know, if you're going to buy a new car, you look online, you don't drive to a dealership anymore. You look online for reviews. You look what kind of car I might want to buy. And you're not necessarily tied to the Ford dealership or the Chrysler dealership down the street. You can buy it from Carvana and they'll deliver from anywhere, right? <laughs> and if you're going to go on a trip to Napa Valley with the significant other, you're going to go online and you're going to look for good deals. You're going to find out where do I need to go? If you're sending your kid to college, you're buying a house. We all know as consumers that we use the internet to buy. Exactly. And I think the stats are like 90 some percent of people who are buying now B2B start with a Google or internet search. So what you're talking about is share that expertise, get out there, share, share what you know, and you become that recognized expert that they say, I want to work with that gal because I've been reading her blog or going to her video blog for the last year. And she's great. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head because especially with the younger workforce coming into the, you know, the trucking and logistics industry is they're the ones doing that. And they're the ones spearheading that when it comes to solving the problems within their own company and then trying to solve the problems that their customers are potentially facing. Some of them are doing it better than others, but you still see very much a lot of the news articles or I would say, quote unquote, blog articles that are being released by a lot of companies, they're still very self-promotional. And as internet users, as web users, we're selfish. We want to know how you can help us. We're not searching for your press release. We're searching for a solution to our specific problems. So if you're a company that's out there that's trying to look for you know, a different route in order to approach those potential leads, that's where you need to start. And you can mix it. You can absolutely mix in, you know, what your company does well, your expertise, things like that, your charity events that you're involved with, companies, celebrations, things like that. You can absolutely mix that stuff in. But if your content isn't starting with SEO, you're going to face an uphill challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And so contrast inbound, which you just were talking about with outbound. I would say outbound is very almost like you're interrupting someone's personal space. You know, we all have gotten an email that, you know, is sent out to probably thousands of people that it's not personalized. We've all gotten a mailer. We've all gotten the unsolicited phone call. And instead of an outbound is more about interrupting someone else's day versus casually introducing yourself like an inbound approach and establishing that trust. If you get a sales call nine times out of 10, you're not going to answer it if it's not something that you've already signed up for. If you're not getting a personalized email, then you're probably, it's going right into the spam inbox or it's going right into the trash. That's the outbound approach. And there are ways to get around, you know, a cold outreach. And that would be an example of outbound. There are ways to do that. 
without it feeling spammy, without it feeling like you're just one of thousands of people that this person is reaching out to. There are ways to make that cold outreach feel more personalized, but you ha- it, it takes more time. And so that's, I think, where a lot of companies struggle is that they're, a lot of their sales teams are spread too thin and they just see the easy way out of sending out a thousand emails a day. And, you know, I'll worry about the personal relationships for the people that respond. And really inbound is vice versa of that is where you're getting ahead of it. You're making an investment in your content and your messaging and getting that, building that trust factor before anyone ever even talks to someone on the phone. Yep. And I always use these analogies when I talk about outbound versus inbound lead generation. We all, by the way, leads are the most important thing. If I need to improve your sales, if you need to improve your sales, you need more leads. So I look, if I have to eat today, I have to hunt. There's no sense planting seeds and waiting for the harvest. I have to hunt, right? So I got to pick up the phone. I got to send emails. I got to get on LinkedIn and send some messages. I have no choice. But if you're going to be around for a while, it makes sense to also invest in what am I an expert in? What problems do I solve for the market? And start writing about that or doing podcasts about that. Or there's a lot of different ways to share your expertise. And we're going to talk about some of those in just a minute. But I feel like you need a good mix. And there's a lot of, you know, I just recently had some people on, the guys from CoVideo have some innovative, cool ways to share your content. It's an outbound strategy, but it's not old school and it's not, I don't think it's spammy. You know, and again, we've had, we've all lived, just to your point, we've all lived with the, you know, the interruptions and the crap emails that you really didn't want to get. <laughs> and, and, and you can get a little <laughs> resentful. I mean, right now, I get phone calls constantly saying something about health insurance or reducing my student loans. And, and boy, I hate that. I just feel like <laughs> the IRS is coming for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I don't get those yet. But yeah, I've gotten a lot of crazy <laughs> calls and it's, it's really annoying. And you think with somebody, oh, great, this is, this is somebody calling me who wants sales training. And nope, they don't want sales training. They want to reduce my student loans. Anyway. <laughs> so, so you can do outbound, right? But you really do have to work at it. It's just inbound is hard too. You got to work at that. I've always said people tend to want to use social media. They're like, yeah, my boss told me to get into social selling. And I was like, well, what do you have to say? Mm, uh, we want your business. Well, what value are you providing? What problems do you solve? And it becomes just to your point. It's almost like I have a megaphone now to scream out. I don't know my value proposition. I only care about me. Right? <laughs> Please hear me out, right? As opposed to, I'm going to talk about your problems and ways I can help you solve them. And it is such an annoyance because, again, social media has given everybody a voice. And I listened to a podcast where the guy constantly says, really, does everybody need a voice? Let's go back to what we used to have, where only some people have a voice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get right back to the podcast in just a moment. If you sell transportation or logistics services, the Logistics of Logistics can help you sell more. Our customized program will help you understand your sales personality, including your strengths and blind spots, get more sales leads, and improve your communication and salesmanship. We can also position you as a recognized industry expert and help you reach your target audience. To learn more, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com. And now, back to the show. So again, the topic today, the future of inbound lead generation. So we've agreed you need to be online. You need to be able to share some of your expertise. 
Well, I take us through a few of these, the future of Inbound. I know we, we've talked about blogging. We all know we can all write articles and should be writing articles, blogging. Tell us some new ways that we might go about getting inbound leads. Sure. And I think it's newer, but it's also probably the most intimidating form of content. And that's video and podcasting. A lot of the times uh, people hate seeing themselves on a video. They hate hearing their own voice. They let the fear of equipment sort of paralyze them when it comes to sharing their expertise online. They think they have to have, you know, that $500 camera and the lighting setup and audio recording equipment when in reality, as long as you're sharing valuable content and you're having a conversation versus, you know, push, push, push as far as a sale is concerned, then I think that you're headed in the right direction. Content is, like I said, it's an investment. It's like what you said, it's planting a seed. But I think using that in conjunction with a cold outbound approach is absolutely the way of the future. People want personalization. They want to know that they're just not another number, that they're just not another name. And I think using video and podcasting in a way to introduce yourself to your potential customer is, we say it's the future, but it's here. It's it's already here. It's now. And, and you need to really start thinking about how you're going to be approaching both of these mediums for the rest of 2019 and beyond. Yep. And Blythe, I, you, you mentioned equipment failures and not knowing how to do it. I just, I was a little intimidated to have you on here because I knew you understand how Aww. to do this stuff. And I know that I often have equipment failures. And then also just, I'm not a broadcaster, I'm a logistics and supply chain guy. So it's, and I guess being a trainer as I have been and a coach as I have been, you get used to talking a little bit, but that's a different thing than actually broadcasting. And that's kind of what we're doing. So this equipment stuff can be a real pain in the butt, but it's not insurmountable. And it's, today we had a what, 10 minutes worth of hassle. It's not that big a deal. And I'm not, re- I'm not <laughs> recording from 30 Rock. I'm, I'm, I'm here in my, <laughs> my office at my house. So it's doable. Same. I, I am too. And, and hopefully the lawnmower guys don't come today. So <laughs> that, that is one challenge of recording is getting, you know, getting rid of the outside noise, or even if you're in an office and, you know, maybe putting up a little, you know, recording sign up to know, you know, don't come in here and, and interrupt this. There's little ways of getting around it. But I think a lot of sort of think that they're never going to, or if they do run into, and it's not if, but when you run into equipment issues or that sort of fear of running into equipment issues, just know it's going to happen. It happens to everybody. It happens to professional broadcasters. It happens all the time on a daily basis. Don't let that stop you and don't let that prevent you from getting your message out there. Yep. And I will say this also, we've talked offline about this, is the leaders in inbound lead generation are out there like Adam Robinson. I, I mentioned him often, a friend over at Cirrusis. He is doing um, a podcast, The Freight Project, and I was on that. Thank you, Adam. And I also, I know he's got some videos that he's doing now. And he was just on this podcast, I don't know, it was a few months ago. And he said, Joe, every time we make the move from one medium to the next, there's this learning curve. And it's so painful. And he said, I hate <laughs> my first video. He goes, but it's the video that we get found for the most. And I said, that's, I have an article that I get found for all the time. And it's, it was something about, I found a better way to sell 3PL services. And I get phone calls on that once a month, maybe twice a month. And it's, it's an old, old article. And if I ever look at it, I'm like, uh, 
I wouldn't have written it that way now. <laughs> and to some extent, I'd like to delete all my old articles. But don't you dare <laughs> Re- no, revamp it. It's, don't bad, lose that it's SEO really bad value. for SEO. It's really bad for SEO. But I guess in a lot of ways, you just have to kind of get past some of these uh, these fears if you want to, to want to be found as you know that expert online. Absolutely. And don't think that, especially for people who are just starting out, you're not going to be an expert. Your first show will probably suck and you'll probably hate looking back on it, but you're, it's just like practice. You're never going to get better if you don't do it and then do it again and again and again. Yeah. And I will also say this is you mentioned this when we talked, you said you couldn't listen to your first year of what was it? Mm -mm. Podcasting or? Yeah. Well, my first year on radio, I knew that it was sort of a big deal for someone who, you know, didn't go to broadcasting school to be on air regularly to have a weekly show. And I, it took me a full year to listen to my own voice. If I, I could listen to my other co-host just fine. But when my voice would come up, I would turn the volume down or I would switch the station because I just didn't want to hear it. It was too, it made me cringe. But now I find so much value in going back and watching my videos, watching or re-listening to past broadcast and seeing where I can make, where I can get better and little things. It's almost like reviewing tape, like with football, you know, scouting teams, they, after a game, they'll go back and they'll re-watch the tape to learn where they messed up and to learn how they can get better. And, And this industry is no different. Oh, well, see, I'm in Detroit. We don't get better. Uh, so we don't. <laughs> well, I'm a Jaguars fan. I don't think they, too, so. they don't look at tape. <laughs> they don't look at tape. <laughs> yeah, I didn't listen to my podcast very much. Like I would listen to it because I had to, but I didn't want to listen to it. And then to my mom's house, <laughs> my mom says, I want to hear your podcast. And I was like, oh, she's like, no, I want to hear it. So I, I, I was listening to it. And, I, and when she's listening to it, I had to leave the room. And she's like, oh, this is good. And I was thinking, you're my mom. You have to say that. (laughs) And then I remember I was slowly but surely I got used to listening and recognizing everyone's got a voice, whatever you might say. But I started kind of critiquing it. When I got past the pain of listening to my voice, the critiquing and hearing my errors was painful. And I think in a lot of ways, you hear all the worst part of it. And I think this is probably a universal thing. I was listening to Conan O'Brien and he was on Howard Stern's show and they were talking about their old stuff. And Howard said, I want to get rid of all my old <laughs> shows. And it was, and Conan said, don't you dare do that. You, this is the evolution. And he goes, yeah, but I was just such a different guy. And, you know, I was nasty and I was mean. And I, I did some things that were huh. because I was hurt inside. And I was like, Oh my God, Howard Stern. I mean, I grew up with him. I grew up, I, you can't change. And right. so I'm I thinking this just must be a universal thing. And when the greatest broadcaster in history feels that way, I guess we should all realize who might feel that way. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, the great thing about the mediums of YouTube and, and podcasting and other formats is that you're having a conversation. As long as you think of it from that perspective, you are just having a conversation then I think the intimidation factor, it lessens a little bit. Yep. So I want to switch gears just a little bit. And I want to talk about what a podcast should have. And there's a lot of different ways to do it. But Life gave me some very good advice the other day when we talked. And, you know, you mentioned that you have to care about what your audience is listening to. And, you know, I have people on here who are promoting their products and services. And I, I appreciate that. They're my sponsors or my partners, whatever you might want to call them. But it can't be all about what they would like because then it becomes kind of a product showcase. And so 
Tell us a little bit about what you think an ideal podcast like this one would, not that this is ideal, but what if a podcast like mine, what it should focus on? I think having a good balance is key and having a balance of different categories that you're going to cover is key to any sort of content plan, whether you're podcasting, whether it's video, starting out at the beginning of the month and planning what you're going to talk about and where you're going to talk about it. I think that that is often overlooked. A lot of times when companies get started in this field, they just think, well, that sounds like a really good idea. Let me write up a quick blog post. And then they publish once and then they never, you know, it's another six months until they publish again. But I think having that content plan from an eagle eye view and then being able to look at it from a micro perspective is where you'll find more confidence in what you're talking about when you're talking about it and the future of additional shows to add to your resume, especially with a podcast. I would say that what I look for in particular is selfish. What am I feeling for that day? Am I feeling something educational? Am I feeling something inspirational? Do I want to hear from, you know, maybe a potential, a similar story as mine, which could be a case study that you could turn into an interview with your customer? There are different ways that you can approach your show planning and your content planning. And it doesn't have to revolve around one specific type. But I do think that it needs to start with SEO in mind. You know, what are those problems that people are going to Google and they're looking for solutions to? And then I think you mix in your storytelling along with those type of shows. So when I say storytelling, I'm referring to, say, you had a really successful onboarding of a new customer. What particular problem did you solve for them? Are they specializing in a certain commodity that you specialize in? And how did you help them? overcome that big hurdle? Do they specialize in a certain lane? How did you help them with rate reductions? And did they save money? And what were they able to use that money on in their future business? You're telling a story, you're having a conversation because at the end of the day, people connect with people and you don't necessarily want to go listen to a show if you know it's going to be sponsored content. There is a way to make it so that you are telling a story with an end goal in mind. But you can do it in a variety of ways. I think a lot of people get stuck on one particular type and just roll with it. And that gets boring after a while. It gets boring for your listener. It gets boring for you. And then ultimately it shows in your work when you when you lose that passion for it. Yep. Yep. And I'm just every, you know, kind of feeling my way through the podcasting world here. I kind of realized that people want to hear about their problems and they want to hear about people. So I think they want to hear about, you know, the personality and the people. So there's some context. So when I'm talking to you today, you come from a background of what I'll call the new ways to get inbound, which is, you know, video and audio and sharing your expertise online. But you have a personality in your person and people kind of pick what they do based on that. And being able to kind of talk about your problems in a way that you go, yes, she's talking about my problem. I suffer from that. And she understands that she's articulate about my problems. I think that matters. And I think solutions matter also. I mean, it, you can definitely talk about solutions. I think where it gets challenging is we do want to talk a little bit about what we're selling. So you definitely want to have that. But I think if we do a good job of talking about the problem and the personality seems right to people and they have the right solution, then they talk about the solution a little bit. I think there's a natural tendency to go, I want to work with her. I want to work with him because they get it. You know, and to some extent, you don't have to, you know, make a big 
<laughs> you don't have to have that big product showcase and that, right. oh, let me tell you all about my greatness, because that to some extent gets a little old. Absolutely. And I think that's where I've seen some of my clients that they've had success with, in particular with case studies. And a case study is one of the most powerful ways to generate your leads. But I think people can start taking it that next step further and doing short audio interviews, doing a short phone interview, recording via webinar. You don't even have to have your customer on screen, but having that conversation with your customer on what problem they were facing and how your solution helps them. I think that that's an ideal way in order to both sell your service and solve a problem for your customer, to let them know that they're not alone, that you can, that there is a voice and there is a company behind this person that you're hearing right now, but they have a solution to help you. And audio and video just helps you connect with that person faster than what writing or outbound lead approach would do. Yeah. And I think it's also, it's consumed differently. So I've listened to a lot of podcasts myself and I start to realize that an article, I might read it in, you know, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, a podcast. I was just walking around my neighborhood and I was listening to a podcast and I, it's, it's gotta be a little entertaining. I listen to some educational, I listen to garbage, I listen to sports, whatever it might be listening to. Don't we all? <laughs> it, yeah. But I think, you know, even for the business stuff, it, it, the personality has to come out. There has to be a little bit of, you got to be able to kind of, there has to be some context, maybe some humanity to it. <laughs> you know, right. if it just becomes all business, I won't read it. I'll read exactly. an all business article, but I don't want to read too much about, I mean, I don't want to listen to if it's all business. I mean, no one is going out there trying to read someone else's press release unless, usually it's maybe a competitor. You'll read a competitor's press release, but no one else is really going and going to your website to read a press release or wanting to digest that press release. I mean, you, you mentioned podcasting and, and while you were taking a walk, and that, that's a perfect example of how you can introduce your solution without it being invasive. Because podcasting, you know, as much growth that we've seen with video and how great I think video and obviously blogging is too, podcasting is the least intrusive way or it doesn't interrupt the day of your audience. You can put on a podcast and you can clean your kitchen. You can cook dinner. You can go for a walk around the block. You can go to the gym with the podcast on in the background. And I think that that's really where that's why we've seen so much growth in this medium is that people can go about their normal day. They can be at work and still listen to a podcast. Yep. Yep. Blythe, this has been really great. I appreciate you sharing what you know about this future of inbound logistics. And again, I think people like you who have a knowledge of logistics and transportation space and also of this of media, you know, the audio and the video world that is coming at us very quickly. I think this is your ideally position to help us into this new age. And please summarize this, put a little bow on this topic. Sure. So with my company in digital dispatch, and you can find, you know, we have a variety of solutions on digitaldispatch.io, but we really focus on everything from cost-effective to completely custom web and marketing services. So, and if you are in the need of, you know, podcasting and video help, we can absolutely help you craft that content plan, craft that audio experience for your brand. But I really like to focus on this industry and a variety of solutions because there's a variety of different companies at a variety of different levels. You know, you could have a, a giant company that has zero experience with podcasting, or you could have, you know, a five-man operation 
that is pumping out content every week. There really is so much growth that can be seen from using these mediums in this particular industry because trucking is just such a trucking and logistics are, are just such interesting and fascinating industries. And there are a lot of companies doing a lot of cool things. And I think that there should be a lot of more companies doing some great things. Yep. And you mentioned, you know, the size of the company. And I've noticed this in my own experience is that there's big companies who've spent virtually, you know, nothing on their web presence. And they're only now starting to do very little. And then there's these little companies that just say, hey, look, I'm going to, this is going to be my edge. And, you know, we all see the consolidation in the industry. We all see investments from outside, you know, the venture capitalists, and the private equity companies who are now taking a real interest in our space. And I think the edge that so many of us can get is what we're talking about today. So I have this podcast. It Obviously, I'm not you know, gifted at this, but I'm a logistics and supply chain guy. And there's just not that many people out there doing it. And I think you're going to see a lot more people saying that's going to be our edge. And, and that's Absolutely. why they need people like you. <laughs> it starts as a conversation. And I think that that's where a lot of people just get intimidated. They think it needs to be this full production, you know, with studio lights and fancy microphones and things like that. It doesn't need to be that way. If you can get to that level, absolutely, you know, shoot for the stars. But if you just want to record out of a home office on, you know, I, I'm using a $20 microphone off Amazon right now, that that is as long as the content and the messaging is there for your audience, people will consume it. You know, it's interesting. You should say that I, one of my daughters the other day said, hey, I just listened to one of your podcasts. It sounds good. It's getting better. And I was like, appreciate that. And then she said, I was listening to Giada, it was an old podcast she was on. She goes, it had really poor quality. So you go, they didn't have production quality very good just a few years back. And I was like, hmm. I go, yeah, if it's good enough for Giada to have <laughs> a poor production, I guess I can live with it. So I think we're all getting better at that. I think the technology is going to make us a lot better too. And it's very, very much a learnable business with this podcasting. And I think more people are going to jump in and do it. And if you do decide to do it, you want to talk to uh, Blythe and her team because they know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. that. My, I, uh, the check is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much for uh, being on my podcast and for putting up with all my technical issues today. <laughs> so um, I have been there before. So th th it is no worries at all. And I think that most people should expect to, to run into a few hiccups here and there, but that's that's what we do in this industry. We're problem solvers. Yep. Thanks again, Blythe. This has been great. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your continued support, very much appreciated. And I really have gotten a lot of emails and mostly through LinkedIn. And I really appreciate the people feedback that people are sending me notes and saying, I'd like to hear about this or hear about that. I try to, uh, I try and honor that stuff because it's important to me that we're adding some value here. And till next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com.